Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hello, America, and happy Monday. A busy Monday it is. Today, we're going to spend some time at the top of the show going over the issue of January 6th Capitol surveillance video. It's becoming more and more important. Why? Over the weekend, the federal prosecutors in one of the January 6th defendant cases acknowledged that they'd have videotape of some undercover police officers encouraging the rioters to enter the Capitol. In fact, they're even quoted as saying, go, 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 and doing some MAGA chants. This is exactly why House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he wanted to release the video footage so we can see more and more of what went on there. That is going to be a big development. And that's not the only thing that we're going to talk about related to that. Former Capitol Police Deputy Chief J.J. Pickett, who oversaw a lot of the post-riot operations inside the police department, is going to join us at the top of the show. He says that the police department, his team, developed video footage, basically a sizzle reel following every person as they went into the Capitol. If the Justice Department asked about a person, they'd create a sizzle reel, stitching together every camera that showed that person in the Capitol. I'm not sure, and he's not sure, that legal defendants know that that video footage exists. Given what we now know about the failure of the government to produce some evidence or to keep some evidence quiet, Deputy Chief Pickett's interview today, I think it's going to take on new significance. We've got to keep a close eye on that as well. All right. And then in the second part of the show, we're going to talk about 2024 election. Why? Because Donald Trump had his first campaign rally in Waco, Texas. Thousands upon thousands attended. It was a very energetic, electric event. A lot of important declarations by the president, some of them on the policy front, some of them on the notion that the new form of election cheating, the president said, is using local and federal prosecutors to pursue their political enemies. We're going to talk to Corey Lewandowski, Trump's 2016 campaign manager, about that and also about what other dynamics are at work in the 2024 election, early voting, parents' rights, the economy, 
and crime, all really powerful issues that are resonating throughout America. How will they affect the 2024 presidential election? Well, Corey Lewandowski is going to give us his take on it in the second block of the show. And then we're going to go overseas for a little bit to wrap up the show today. We're going to go to Israel, where Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's efforts to reform the judicial system in Israel are creating widespread strife and protests in Israel, including a labor strike, including the firing of one of his ministers for comments he made over the weekend. We have a little breaking news that occurred just a little bit ago with Netanyahu announcing that he's going to delay the judicial reform until after the Passover holidays, so after the Easter break. We'll keep a close eye on that for some time to come. But a lot going on there, and we're pretty excited to see where that all ends up. So that's the show today. We got a great lineup. Now, before we go to commercial break and pick up the show with our first interview with the former deputy chief of the Capitol Police, J.J. Pickett, I wanted to give you a quick important tease on things that really matter for our partners, our advertisers, our sponsors. We have so many of them that make a difference. They have great products. They have great services. They're all designed to help you find gifts and products and services that will benefit your life. And one of those are my good friends at Mancrates. Mancrates.com makes shopping for the important man in your life easy, whether it's for his birthday, anniversary, or really any occasion. Mancrates.com has hundreds of totally unique gifts he'll love. And this is one of my favorite. The Whiskey Appreciation Crate with a personalized decanter, matching tumblers, ice sphere molds, and more. Or the Grill Master Crate featuring a brass knuckle meat tenderizer and cast iron smoker box. Mancrates.com packs his gift in an unforgettable experience. Like sealed crates, he gets to open with a crowbar. Isn't that cool? I kind of like that. Better than wrapping paper, if you ask me. Now, personalization is free on every gift, and it comes with a full satisfaction guarantee. All you have to do is use the code RADIO15, R-A-D-I-O-1-5, RADIO15, at mancrates.com to save 15% on that perfect gift for the man in your life. All you got to do is use the code RADIO15 at mancrates.com. Com. All right, folks, we're going to take that quick commercial break. When we come back, the deputy chief of the Capitol Police here with us next, right after these messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As I mentioned at the top of the show, there has been a lot of debate in recent weeks since Speaker Kevin McCarthy released some of the video footage of the January 6th riot to Tucker Carlson about did the defense attorneys for all of the January 6th defendants get the full amount of videotape that they were entitled to under what's known as the Brady obligation and what was available to them, what should have been available, what was the body of evidence that existed for each defendant Our next guest knows that answer. He was a longtime high-ranking official inside the Capitol Police Department. He's now the retired Deputy Chief of the Police Department, J.J. Pickett, and he joins us now. Deputy Chief Pickett, good to have you on the show, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Solomon. Happy to be here. It's an honor. I have followed your work for years, and I know in the immediate aftermath of January 6th, you were basically in charge of so much of the post-riot work that was being done. There is a very specific technical team of Capitol Police officers that kind of spent several weeks after the riot actually putting evidence together from the videotapes. Tell us what you know about that. So um, I was working in the fifth floor headquarters, which is where the criminal investigation division for the Capitol Police is located. And there's also other rooms in there that have um, the software and hardware to uh, look at the video systems for the Capitol Police. And what I saw very early on were people at these stations every day. Um, And working up there for approximately six months after January 6th, I popped in and started talking to them. And what they they explained to me um, is, and they showed me, is that the FBI would send them a picture, um, some kind of online clip, uh, something uh, of a person, and they would go to that area in the Capitol building looking at the cameras, and it was kind of like a Where's Waldo, and they would find that person. And then from there, they would follow their movement, um, 
both forward and back from that location and basically stitched together a video of that person from the time they entered Capitol grounds until the time uh, they exited Capitol grounds. And they would put all that into one, one clip and then they would get a next person. And these people were doing this in my experience with like 16 hours a day. Uh, they were, they were exhausted. They, they, uh, I was very impressed. They were very, um, you know, well-intentioned and working hard, uh, to, to, for, for justice. But, you know, and as the FBI would find stuff on Facebook pages, other, other leads, you know, they would send another one in and send another one. So each person, the best of my knowledge, each person that was charged on Capitol, there is a full video of every every second that, that we would have it. And certainly there'd be some gaps because the camera systems don't cover 100% of the complex. But there was video basically of this person as they entered Capitol grounds until they exited them. And that's how the FBI could say, this is what the person did. Yeah, it basically is a sizzle reel of everything that the security cameras caught in that time from a video dossier, so to speak. That's a pretty significant body of evidence that would help the FBI decide who should be arrested, correct? Yes, yes, 100%. And so if defense lawyers had not seen that, if defense lawyers say, hey, that's news to us, the process here is that it goes from the Capitol Police to the Justice Department and FBI under the Brady court rule, I assume it's the FBI and the Justice Department that ultimately would have an obligation to turn over those sizzles to the defendants. Is that right? That's my understanding of the law, yes. The prosecution has, has to divulge all the information they have, and the FBI and the Capitol Police have to divulge it all to the prosecutor so they have it. Yeah. I think what you're describing here is probably a body of evidence we didn't know existed for defendants and maybe even for the American public. Any doubt in your mind that these things were, you know, sent in their contiguous state to the FBI? I mean, you actually literally talked to the people who did it, right? As, as a deputy chief, you literally got briefed on how they were doing it. Yes, they, they talked to me about it. Um, it was very, like I said, it was, morale was really difficult then. And, you know, when I had a second, I would pop in, try to boost their spirits, thank them talk to them, listen to them, you know, let them vent about both the sixth and the job they were currently doing. Um, so there is no doubt in my mind, like they were putting this all on one loop and then sending it down to the FBI because that's what they did. That's where they were getting the, hey, we want to see what this particular person did or didn't do. Uh, I think this may be one of the more important discoveries of just sort of a body of evidence that might be available for defense lawyers and, and just for the American public. You've seen some of the footage that went out there, the one of the shaman, the guy. Is that kind of typical of the way the sizzle reel would have been doing? You, you see him in multiple locations across the Capitol. I think the shaman one probably is an example of how that sizzle reel was probably put together. Is that right? That's that's 100%. When they showed me what they were doing and how it looked, though I didn't see that particular person, but I saw numerous ones where they actually, the clip looked almost exactly like what the shaman did, just based on where the person's location was and stuff. Pretty remarkable to know that there may be this body of evidence sitting out there two years later or two years or two months later, and we're still beginning to do it. Um, I want to ask you why we stay on the video footage, because the video footage was very important for the exoneration of a member of Congress who was falsely accused or at least insinuated by the January 6th committee that he had done something heinous. 
on the morning of January 6th, basically bringing constituents in for a casing operation for the January 6th attacks. That was Congressman Loudermilk. We now know that not to be true. The Capitol Police unequivocally knocked that down about a year ago after the January 6th committee raised it. But the Capitol Police would have known almost instantly, right, that Loudermilk had or hadn't done something wrong because they were stitching this all together. Were you surprised when the January 6th committee made the allegation had to be knocked down by the police department? Yes, I was. And what really shocked me was seeing the video and their, um, the way they classified it, that he was given a tour, you know, of the cattle complex. And he, he's a house member. He stayed on the house side. He, he didn't approach any other parts of the Capitol campus. So, you know, for them to say, oh, it was the complex, oh, it was the subway, like, that was very disingenuous, but much of what they did um, to me um, is disingenuous. And, you know, to attack another member of Congress like that um, and the Capitol Police not immediately coming out when this stuff, this stuff surfaced way before the January 6th commission came out and for the Capitol Police not to uh, put that to bed uh, very early that that wasn't true since we are the ones that had all the video, it's, it's disconcerting. Yeah, no, it is. And it, it really shows how the system works. You can be accused through the illusion of wrongdoing, even though there wasn't any wrongdoing. It's such a treacherous time in American politics. We were very lucky, Deputy Chief, not too long ago to have a former chief's son on our television show. And he said something that has not left my mind since the moment he said it. He said, we are no more safer today than we were on January 5th that all of the lessons that needed to be learned, all of the security posturing that needed to be changed because of the failures of intelligence and leadership on January 6th are still there. They're unaddressed because we focused on politics, not security. What do you think of his assessment? Do you share his assessment? He, Chief Sun is spot on. And I will just give this this one piece. Um, the current chief, Chief Manger, came out recently, maybe right around the anniversary of January 6th and said that, that everything is, has been fixed. He's, you know, certain something like this couldn't happen again. And then the GAO report came out. And, and when you look at their recommendation on uh, making sure the department has a policy on disseminating intelligence information, in that GAO report, Chief Manger wrote them a letter back saying, we're, we're in the final phases after two years of putting out a policy on how to distribute intelligence information. There's no way both can be true at the same time. This was an intelligence failure, and I don't think they've actually addressed the intelligence failure in the few recommendations that they've made, like they haven't been completed. So the problem, certainly reference intelligence, still exists to this day. In fact, six of the 10 GAO recommendations involved recommendations to fix things inside the Capitol Police. So this just came out just about six, seven weeks ago, and all of them are still marked as open, meaning they're unaddressed. They haven't actually been fixed. You had a good opportunity, I think, after you retired to take a look back at all of the body of evidence. This really was an intelligence failure, right? The Capitol Police Intelligence apparatus had a lot of valuable incoming information warning them something bad was going to occur and it just simply didn't process it and get it to the people like you or the chief who could make actual command decisions to protect the capital. Disturbing to you to know that that failure occurred? 
Um, you know, you knew something was wrong pretty early on. And I find like a lot of the reports, especially the initial ones, seem to have whitewashed a lot. But the Senate report, the first one out, really said that intelligence failed to inform the planning and operational components of the department. The inspector general said to that that they were spot on. And so here it is, like without a doubt, this was an intelligence failure. And not that there wasn't some other issues, but intelligence has never been fixed. That's a frightening thought. Uh, it, it would be like being two years, three years after 9-11 and the things that you knew happened leading up to 9-11 weren't being addressed or being a, a change, which of course didn't happen. There was a lot of reform after 9-11. Why do you think that the Capitol Police want to put a happy face on this, suggesting that it's fixed when in fact there are glaring evidence sitting in public that it isn't fixed? I mean, the GAO can't be any clearer. There are six major issues still waiting to be fixed two years later. Um. Unfortunately, it's it's the same issue, I think, before the six, since the six, it's political. Um, and to actually go back and, and look at some of the reports that have been written and say they had those wrong, these need to be fixed. But the politics are not out of the department and until they're out of law enforcement, like we're still going to continue to have this threat because the politics won't allow the, the leaders of the agency to actually be able to come out and address the issues and say what the issues are. They can't make law enforcement decisions without politics overruling them. The Capitol Police Board is one of those places. It's so unique to the Capitol Police. It's really the only police department I've seen anywhere in the country that can't make decisions for law enforcement or security reasons even in real time, without going to their political masters? Is that a real hindrance? I mean, you had to work under it. Is it a hindrance? And do you think there's time now, or it is the time now for the Congress to say, listen, we got to fix this. We can't hamstrung our top law enforcement officials from making command decisions until they get a political oversight ruling. Well, that is, in fact, the case right now. I can tell you, having been there since 1990, there was a time when it was a whole lot less political and there was serious focus on professional law enforcement and security of the campus. Um, and it has just constantly involved further and further until now it's, it's all political. Um, and so the present model with the Capitol police board, um, and we can look right at January 6th, like is broken, like it is broken. And so if you, if you're unwilling uh, to fix the current model, then you, you should pivot to something else that will actually allow uh, the law enforcement executives to, to do the job that needs to be done to protect the congressional community, the legislative process, the members of Congress, um, and, and not being interfered by, by politicians. Yeah, it's such a simple concept, and yet it's been so complicated to get done in Washington. It's one of those mysteries or dynamics that I think we're going to come back to rue again when there's another episode at the Capitol. God forbid there be one. Deputy Chief Pickett, always an honor to have this. There's some really, really crystal clear information that I think we got to get to the American public. You've really helped us do that today. I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank you for inviting me, sir. All right. Great honor. Great conversation. We'll be sure to get you back on real soon. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Corey Lewandowski, President Trump's former campaign manager, one of the keenest minds in all of politics. He'll be joining us in just a few seconds. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As you know, we had a big rally in Waco, Texas this past week, and Justin News was there covering it, as was Real America's Voice live coverage. A lot of energy, a lot of excitement. You kind of get a sense that the 2024 campaign is in full swing already. Well, we want to handicap where that campaign is going, where the 2024 election is going. I can't think of a better person to do that than to invite in former President Trump's former campaign manager, one of the brightest political minds in all of America, my good friend, Corey Lewandowski. Corey, great Great to have you back on the show. It's great to be back. Thank you, John. It's a great honor to have you. And I, it's hard to believe that we're only in March of 2023, but this race is really rocking already. And I wonder if you could help me understand what's been going on. It's been an interesting dynamic. Donald Trump's been very focused on policy solutions, executing policy solutions. And the more he's talked policy, the quicker he's risen in the polls. And then Ron DeSantis dropping a little bit. Handicap what's going on in the early voter minds. Yeah, John, look, you know, it's interesting because if you think back about eight years ago at this time, Donald Trump had not descended down that escalator yet. A number of the candidates were already in the race. The media pundits all told us that Donald Trump wasn't a real candidate and was never really going to be successful. Fast forward to where we are today. Donald Trump is by far and away the leader of the Republican Party and continues to lead in every major poll which is taken. That being said, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida has had – a fairly good rollout from his book launch, which is very typical when a candidate's going to run for president. He's been traveling the country talking about the blueprint in Florida. However, 
look, he's not the only person in the race. And if this race were a one-on-one race, it would be a different story. It's not. We know already that Vivek Ramaswamy is in the race. We know that Nikki Haley is in the race. I believe Mike Pence is going to get in the race. Mike Pompeo, maybe Mike Rogers. Everybody named Mike, I think, John, is getting into a race, right? <laughs> but, but, but all that means is Donald Trump remains stronger. And if you have any doubt about that and you look at his rally over the weekend in Texas, Tens of thousands of people continue to show up for a political phenomenon which started eight years ago and hasn't waned at all. It really is remarkable. His base is as energized and certainly much larger than it was in the summer of 2015. The focus on policy, the idea that every four or five days, Trump has been putting out a prescription for something that would be in his 2024 agenda or when he takes over as president again. How important is that to remind people? All right, sometimes you think about the personality, but at the end of the day, it's the policies that made him so popular. John, it's very important. And look, the knock on Donald Trump is always, hey, he's all bluster. He doesn't have a significant policy platform. We saw what he was able to achieve when he was in the White House. First and foremost, you know, eight years ago when he rolled out his potential Supreme Court nominees, I think it gave a lot of those people who had consternation a sense of relief. They said, boy, he's going to govern as a conservative. And he did that. Now you look at what he's doing. He's out talking about the policies that he would implement should he be given the opportunity to go back to the White House. That includes securing our southern border, which should have been done the first time but wasn't. It includes making sure we don't get into endless wars. It includes making sure that, you know, the Afghanistan withdrawal, which was an utter disaster under Biden, would not have occurred under Donald Trump. It gives parents the opportunity to have a say in how their children are being educated. This is a a very in-depth campaign. And the question is, if you want to look at the policy issues of candidates, who has laid out more detailed policies than Donald Trump so far? The answer is nobody. Yeah, it's really noticeable. And it's almost mimics a little bit of what Ronald Reagan did between the 76 and 80 campaigns after losing to 40. He had those weekly radio addresses. And every week you knew you were getting a little bit of the Reagan prescription. And it seems like there's some similarity with what, what Trump's doing right now. There's been some discussion about Ron DeSantis in Ukraine. Maybe he went one way, then went the other way. Describe a little bit where he's evolving on the foreign policy front. You know, it's it's really clear, I believe, where the Republican primary electorate is on this matter. You know, uh, peace through strength is something that Ronald Reagan coined and was it was a pillar of his presidential campaign. But, John, we've had so many problems here in our own country that we can't continue to give a blank check or a blank checkbook to what is really a corrupt system in the Ukraine. And so what Donald Trump has said was we're going to take care of our people here at home and we're going to negotiate so that the conflict over in Ukraine is over. It seemed at first when Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, answered those questions to Tucker Carlson, he he believed in that same basic premise. However, once the neocons and those who want a big global government uh, seem to get into his ear, he tend to reverse course on that. I think that's a mistake. Look, John, I'm an America first kind of guy, and I wrote an op-ed about this in the Daily Caller. It's not America alone, but once we are able to take care of our own people here, our veterans who are living on the streets are homeless. You know, we have people with serious mental health problems. We've got $32 trillion in debt, almost $33 trillion. You know, we have to take care of ourselves. And that's not an isolationist philosophy, but it's a reality. And I think if Ron DeSantis believes that giving money to the Ukrainian government in an unlimited fashion is a path for success, I would caution him that that's not the way that the Republican electorate is going to be voting in the, in the primaries. 
Yeah. And sometimes better to go with your first instinct and not all the people that get a new year year afterwards. I think a lot of candidates learn that the hard way and that this may be one of those learning lessons. Stepping back for 2024, obviously, Republicans have gotten a lot more people to the polls the last few elections and still haven't had the sort of electoral success that they wanted. Early voting now, Donald Trump's all in on it. It looks like the RNC is all in on it. The few people who did it in 2022 did really well. Ron DeSantis in Florida, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. How important is it for Republicans to master the early voting game and outdo the Democrats at a place where the Democrats have had an advantage the last couple of elections? John, Republicans have been slow to react on this, and, and we believe uh, historically that Election Day is one day. Well, those days are over. Okay, very few states have elections only on one day, whether it's early voting or uh, permanent absentee voting. Uh, you know, we see this across the country now. Election Day is really a six-week-long process, and Republicans almost always win on Election Day, but it's not enough anymore because of the number of people that are voting early. So if we don't get our act together and start targeting, targeting those individuals who do the early voting. And look, Utah is a perfect example. I spoke to the governor of Utah, and he said, you know who votes early? Seniors. Because in Utah, we've got bad weather, and they don't want to be out in bad weather. And they do almost exclusive early voting. And that has actually helped Republicans be successful in Utah. You know, sans, uh, you know, Mitt Romney, let's say. But in, in short, right, John, you have to understand what the process is if you want to be successful. And if the process is that people can start voting a month in advance, and then there's usually a one-week period where that voting ends and then you can actually vote on election day, you have to be able to engage and go to those people and track it like we have, we, we have the capability to do. I understand that people don't necessarily like it, but if you're going to win, you have to play by the rules that are on the field. And if we don't embrace the early voting in these states, we have no opportunity for electoral success. Yeah, it really is. It is an existential question. You just can't start every race 100, 200, 300,000 votes on Election Day because one bad weather, one bad printer cartridge, and all of a sudden that's been put at stake. It seems as though the mindset has changed. Do you feel like Republicans have a different mindset going into this election on that issue? So, but look, we know what transpired in 2020 with the world of COVID, the lockdowns, the states that changed the rules uh, completely arbitrarily, the, the lack of identification that was required, the lack of validation of signatures on the, the uh, ballots. We know all that transpired. We were... Uh, caught flat-footed for that, John. We saw what transpired in Pennsylvania. I was there in Philadelphia. I understood what happened in Allegheny County. Right? We saw it in Arizona. We saw it in other places. And we know, and the media doesn't ever want to report this, voter fraud is real. John, what the media, the mainstream media tells us is, well, it's not enough to overturn an election but they are willing to accept a certain modicum or a certain percentage of voter fraud as long as they believe it doesn't overturn the election. Listen, John, one vote of fraud is one vote too many. And so if we are going to go do this, we must be vigilant in ensuring that only legal people are voting, meaning if you're an illegal alien, even if you're issued a U.S. driver's license, you are not allowed to vote in a federal election system. States are giving more and more driver's licenses to illegals, which makes it more and more difficult to determine who can vote. But on top of that, we have to be prepared with our legal remedies to prevent the elections from being determined before we make sure 
um, you know, that, that they're, they're actually done properly. And that's what transpired in the past, John. I saw it in Philadelphia. They were just counting ballots. They were separating the envelopes so that once those ballots were separated from the envelope, there was no way to challenge if it was a valid or invalid ballot. And we have to be better prepared in 2024 because I think in 2016, and I say this half-kiddingly, Donald Trump surprised him. He stole it from him because they told him he could never win, right? Hillary Clinton was the foregone winner starting the, the minute she became the nominee. And Donald Trump outworked her every single day. They didn't allow that to take place in 2020. They were resolved with the Mark Zuckerberg bucks. Dave Bossy talked about in his movie Rigged, how he put $400 million into the system legally, took a nonprofit to do it, and rigged the system. We have to do better. We better be prepared. And I am hopeful the RNC has a plan for this. But, John, you and I have been doing this a long, long time. If our only hope is that the Republican National Committee is going to be prepared on election day, then we are going to be in big trouble. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a mindset change. It has to occur right now. When you look out, it seems like so many great conservative ideas are coming, not just from the presidential race, but from governors, people like Christy Nome in South Dakota and, of course, DeSantis, Governor Abbott down in Texas. The idea of federalism, which our founding fathers held near near, it seems as though the governors are really showing how it can make a difference. Even if the federal government messes up, the states can jump in, ban TikTok, do things. How important is it for Republicans to embrace these sort of innovative ideas that the governors are doing in the states? John, it's absolutely critical. When it, can't, when it comes to securing the border, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, put out the call and said, any states who want to send your National Guard down here because Joe Biden and the federal government has failed, we will take. And state after state sent their National Guard to the state of Texas to help protect our southern border because the federal government failed. We look at states who banned TikTok. The federal government is now moving forward on that. Just I think today the House has moved forward on their bill to ban TikTok, right? We see states are saying we will will not allow uh, Chinese uh, entities or the Chinese government to come in and buy our Aglin because it's a national security matter. We are going to divest our state pension money from those entities which are investing in mainland China companies, right? This is the states leading time and time again. And you go out and you look, John, at where these states are being successful. Almost all of them are from red state governors that are very diverse. Some are in warm climate, some are in cold climate, some are in the Midwest, some are in the Southeast, the Southwest. But it is really the ability of those governors to get their legislature on board to say, we must do this to protect our way of life because we see mass migration leaving the Northeast, New York, uh, those high tax states, and finding those places where there are, is a low tax base, the unemployment is low, the opportunity costs are high, and you can go and have a very safe livelihood for you and your family uh, in some of these places. And that's what people are doing. They're voting with their pocketbooks because of the success of these governors around the country who've pushed back on the Biden administration and said, not in our state. They continue to sue the federal government when the federal government overreaches. And we've seen enormous success from some of these states at the federal level uh, from, from the lawsuits they filed. And, and because of that, people understand it and they want to go and live in those places so they can be happy. Yeah, such an important 
model for so much. The, the more the federal government fails, the more the model of success seems to be moving to the states. It's really been a dynamic the last two years that is so clear. One of the places where the states created a model that now Kevin McCarthy and others in, in the House have done, obviously, parents' rights, the big parents' rights bill passed last week. As you look ahead and as you look for things that tend to motivate people to go to the polls in 2024 on Election Day or in the early run-up to Election Day, would there be an incentive for them if there was a parents' rights ballot initiative, maybe amending the Constitution to enshrine parents' rights in the state constitutions? Is that something that could actually be an, an edge, give an edge to Republicans as they move into the 2024 election? It absolutely can. Look, John, our primary focus as parents is to take care of our children. At the end of the day, we want to give them better opportunities than we had. We want to make sure that they've got the right education opportunities and they live in safe communities. And when the federal government can't allow that because of their own bias, they, you know, we see the, we see the shootings take place in the south side of Chicago. We see it in, in New Orleans, which is now the murder capital of our country. We see our children's school systems failing. What COVID taught us was that the the parents understood what our children were being taught in the school system, and they didn't like it. So when you look at those opportunities to bring something like that to the ballot, I believe it brings out parents who say, we don't want um, certain things taught to our kids, particularly at the youngest, second grade, third grade levels. That's the job of the parents to do that. And if we were to bring that forward, I think it drives out those conservative values. It brings out parents from every demographic, John, who want their kids to be better educated, to be in safe schools schools, to have safe communities. And, and look, that is something that cuts across every socioeconomic status. It cuts across every geographic status. It cuts across every demographic status. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, blue, white, green, orange, or purple. You want what's best for your children, you know, independent of where you live. If we can put parents back in control of their children's education and their safeties, our country is a better place for it. Yeah, it's amazing to watch the opportunity. It's funny, from Glenn Youngkin's surprise win in Virginia, an entire movement has really been fostered across this country. And sometimes movements have a year, 18 months, and they level off. This one seems to have more energy now than it had six months ago. It seems to be one of the big things to watch in the 2024 race. Last question for you, Corey. I know you're real busy. What other things are moving voters right now? What are some of the other things that you think Republicans will be riding going into the 2024 election? Crime and the economy. The two other things. Look, in historically speaking, every presidential election is really about a domestic policy matter. Almost none anymore rely on foreign policy. And we could have a disagreement between Joe Biden's foreign policy and whoever the Republican nominee's foreign policy is. But it's crime and it's, and it's, and it's the economy. And it always is, John. You know, when you, when you can't bring your kids to New Orleans or you can't bring your kids to Chicago or my kids this year have the opportunity to go to Philadelphia for a school trip, John, I can't send my kids to Philadelphia because I'm so afraid of what's going to happen now. And that's a, that's a shame that we can't have our children and safe environments in some of our best cities. So I think the overrun crime that is taking place, uh, predominant in these, in these large areas where people don't feel safe anymore, historically run by Democrats, Chicago, New Orleans, uh, Philadelphia, and then the economy. Right. I think what we're going to see is we've seen these banks taking advantage of people. It looks like more bailouts are coming. Um, we have still a pretty low overall unemployment rate in our country. But what we're seeing from the Biden administration is everything costs more, the inflation component of things. You want to go borrow money, it's going to cost you more. You want to fill up your vehicle, it's going to cost you more. You want to heat your home, it's going to cost you more. You know, at some point, 
people get tired of that because there's only so much disposable income out there. And so things will start to slow down. The feds continue to raise rates. And I think that's what will drive people to the polls. They remember the four years of the Donald Trump administration where the economy was booming with record uh, stock market numbers. Our 401ks were through the roof. People were overall happy. We were not involved in endless wars. We were continuing to grow our military only for the fact that uh, we knew that if we needed it, it would be there, but not to go and engage in conflicts overseas. And, and putting in mind that America first philosophy is something that I think resonates across Across the country, John, the Democrats want to focus on climate control and climate change. If that's what their message is going to the polls in 2024, not only do I love our chances to retake the White House, I believe the U.S. Senate will fall back into the Republican Party's hands, and I believe the Republicans will have the opportunity to expand their majority in the House of Representatives. Yeah, it is a remarkable opportunity going into the 24 election. All of the signs are there for a sea change sort of election will be interesting to watch. Corey, you wrote a book that I think still today has more relevance than even had the moment it came out. Trump's Enemies, How the Deep State is Undermining the Presidency. One of my favorite books of the last five, six years. NY or the uh, New York prosecutors and Alvin Bragg, continuation of the theme and the evidence that you turned up in your book with Dave Bossie. It absolutely is. And, and, you know, John, what we talked about in that book was how Donald Trump was being undermined from the people who actually worked for him, those those unelected bureaucrats who were in the administration, who didn't care what the the leader of the free world, the duly elected president was saying. They just did what they wanted. And now what we see with Alvin Bragg is that he doesn't care if a crime was or wasn't committed. He has a political motivation to go after somebody because he doesn't agree with their politics. John, it reminds me so much of the Russia fake narrative that transpired. I testified seven times in front of Congress to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars to me and my family, because all because I supported a political campaign, which is my right in this great country. I've been targeted by the media and, and the left many times for my political beliefs. And I believe that the American people are smart. They see what Alvin Bragg is doing. They know that this is political. When you've got even, even those people like Cuomo, who came out today, John, and said that this from Alvin Bragg is politically motivated, it should tell us everything that we need to know, and there should be a check on the system that when you're going after someone just because of their political beliefs, there is a way to remove that person. The governor of New York will not do that. The people of New York need to step up and find a way to get that done. Yeah, we have to make a strong stand against this politicalization and political weaponization of our justice system. You started that process by writing, I think, one of the most important books of the last five years. Corey, it's a great honor to have you on the show today. Thanks for spending this time getting us up to speed on some of the great developments of the 2024 race. You bet. Thank you, John. Good to be with you, my friend. All right, folks, before we wrap up today, we're going to go to Israel in a few seconds with our great Just the News correspondent, Madeline Hubbard. She's going to give us an update on all the labor and political strife going on over Benjamin Netanyahu's proposal to reform the judicial system in Israel. We'll have that right after the commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. 
plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Two great discussions back-to-back there with Corey Lewandowski and former Capitol Police Deputy Chief J.J. Pickett. Some real news in that first interview. We're going to give you a touch more news before we send you on for your day. Joining us right now from Israel, where she does so much great work for us at Just the News, is our great correspondent, Madeline Hubbard. Madeline, great to have you on the show. Great to be joining you here. We love having you on. We love your reporting right now. You're a little bit in the middle of a tempest there in Israel. It seems as though Prime Minister Netanyahu's efforts to reform the judicial system has turned up quite a bit of strife in Israel. Give us the latest of what's going on there. So things have been quite hectic today. They were planning on voting for the judicial reform legislation this week, but protests have racked the nation. Everything from McDonald's are shut down everywhere. Flights weren't really taking off at um, Ben-Gurion. They've just kind of started taking off again. Um, And ports have been shut down. It's been a mess. And so they've decided to put off the vote until after the Passover break. That's a big concession and probably a sign of the government's desire to let things calm down a little bit. The firing of the defense minister yesterday, you were on top of that at Just the News. I think we were one of the first people to have that. Tell us a little bit about how that kind of added to the tension in the country. So the defense minister, he was indeed a member of the Likud, which is um, Bibi Netanyahu's party. So it was a big shock that he said to Netanyahu, could you please put this vote off until after the holidays? Because not only do you have Passover, you also have Easter and Ramadan. So it's a very tense time for security right now. And he was facing threats of soldiers and police officers protesting on the job. Um, so whenever he's more concerned about the security situation, so he said, we can pass this later. But right now, I just want to make sure that people are safe and that they can enjoy this holiday season. And 
um, Benjamin Netanyahu fired him after he made those comments. And now it seems as if we are indeed putting the vote off until after the holiday season. Might have lost his job, but he prevailed in the big picture, I guess, the defense minister did in, in giving that advice. What's at the heart of all this? Obviously, Benjamin Netanyahu has seen what he says is a weaponization of the judicial system in Israel against him and his family and others in, in his political party. So he wants to try to fix this a little bit. And the other side sees what a corrupting of the system with these proposals. Where are both sides on this reform package? So on the left, you hear a lot of yells of democracy all over, all outside my apartment today, nonstop. I saw people holding flags yelling democracy. But if anything, this reform is what I would call too much democracy um, because currently the way that justices are appointed for the Supreme Court, it's from a panel of different justices and there's um, the prime minister and a cabinet member and members of the Israeli Bar Association. So essentially the justices really get to pick their own replacements and then you have, it would be like the American Bar Association deciding who's going to be on the Supreme Court. So that would put more of the decisions for um, the Supreme Court would go with the Knesset. And the other big issue that we have, so that's really the big issue, but the biggest issue is that the reform, the decisions from the Supreme Court could be overridden by a simple majority vote in the Knesset. So for people right now, they're looking at this thing, we are going to get trumped because the country is going further and further right. And so they are afraid that their voices will not be heard because the Knesset could just overrule that. But on the right, you have a lot of decisions that the Supreme Court is making, which they are not very you know, enthusiastic about, to say the least. So that's where it's coming from. I think one of the big concerns that I've even heard from people on the right, who aren't politicians, but just average day Israelis, is they say, what if we get the left back in power? Are they going to use our reforms to walk all over us in the future? So it's really creating tensions all across different um, areas of society. Pretty dramatic times. Will the cooling off period of the next couple of weeks allowing the Passover to occur first? What dynamic do you think that's going to create in the country? Do you think the protesters are going to let up and acknowledge that maybe it's time to just celebrate the holy season? Or do you think these protests continue regardless of Netanyahu's decisions today? I think that the protests will continue, but I do think that there might be a bit more of a crackdown on internal protests within the IDF because the um, the chief of staff um, just said that basically there's no room for protests within the IDF because if we were to do that, there essentially wouldn't be a military at this point. Just as there is an American military, you're not supposed to be, you know, there's all these different guidelines between political activities. So I think that if we actually crack down on that, then it might be a little bit of a different story. But overall, I could see the same type of protests happening on and on until the reform is, if it is eventually passed. Pretty remarkable moment in history. We're going to be watching this closely. I think there's some parallels between what's going on in Israel and what the debate is here in America with judicial reform. Madeline, we love your work. You're always on top of things. I know you got a lot of breaking news to jump back to, but thanks for giving us a few moments and giving us an on-the-ground report of what's going on in Israel. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. So grateful you could attend today. A big thank you to all of our guests, former Deputy Chief J.J. Pickett of the Capitol Police Department, Corey Lewandowski, one of the most important political 
strategist in all of America and our great correspondent at Just the News, Madeline Hubbard, joining us from Israel today. A lot of news, a lot of breaking news. As we were interviewing folks today, a really tragic story unfolding in Nashville at a small Christian school uh, shooting. At least three children dead is the initial reports. We'll keep you up to date on that at justthenews.com. Check that out. And of course, if you're looking for a perfect gift for the man in your life, remember we have a special discount at mancrates.com. That's the website that has some of the coolest gifts for men, whether it's whiskey, grilling, you name it, they've got it. And it always comes in a unique packaging like a crate that you can open with a crowbar. If you want to take advantage of the special offer that we're giving to John Solomon Reports fans, to justthenews.com followers, just use the code RADIO15 at mancrates.com. You'll save 15%. One more reminder on that before we go into the evening. All right, folks, that wraps up our show. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out.